All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And on the show with me today, I got to talk with Tilly Castwell, and she was hilarious. There was so many laughs. I had a really good time chatting with her and hearing about her journey becoming a hunter. And so we're going to dive into this episode, but I hope you all enjoy it. There's a lot of good takeaways and some pretty funny moments. Like, he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And on the show with me today, I've got Tilly Castwell, and she reached out on social media probably like a month and a half ago. Um, And I just now today, in rereading the answers to her questions, realized that's not even her real name. And so I I brought that up right away and she was like, yeah, it's not. Most people know me by that though. So that's what we're going with. So welcome to the show, Tilly. Hi, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Most people do call me Tilly. Nickname I've had for God, over 15 years. And I'd say most of my friends call me Tilly. Only close families don't call me Kelly. <laughs> okay. That's good. I mean, I... I don't have, like I said, I don't really have a nickname now other than the Nomadic Outdoorsman. That's, but that's kind of like more of a brand. <laughs> I'm not like out in the woods and people are like, hey, Nomadic Outdoorsman. It's like, hey, I Dan. would totally do that. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. Well, we'll have to go hunt sometime and then you can just yell like, hey, Nomadic Outdoorsman, it's Tilly. I got a deer down. Um, yes. <laughs> Well, hey, I want I want to start out by giving you a chance just to share a little bit about yourself with uh, the viewers and the listeners. Uh, today's my birthday. Happy birthday. That's Thank awesome. You. I, I'm 38 years old today. I do not feel 38. Um, and I would say my my interest into jumping onto the podcast with you is because I've 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 taken part in, in the outdoor activities and outdoor hobbies for a long time, specifically walleye fishing. Um, and I added hunting to kind of my, my plate, I guess you'd say in 2019. And as I've grown as a hunter, I end up finding more and more people like you and taking part, uh, in, I'd say that's one of my favorite parts too, is, is it's a community. Yeah. And now I'm, I'm a part of this whole other community that I wasn't before. Yeah. It's, um, it's a really cool community too. Like you see a lot of division on social media. If you just get, get on a random Facebook page and say like, Hey, I like to shoot a six, five creed more and people will tell you you're the worst person ever. Right. Um, but then if you actually like talk to people in person, if you have, like one-on-one communication with them, everyone's super cool. And nobody actually cares what gun you shoot, what type of broadhead yeah. you use. It's not a big deal. It's a supportive. I definitely feel like, you know, if I needed help with something, I feel like there's no shortage of me being able to just put a question out there and ask. It yeah. doesn't matter what the question is. And I feel like I'm surrounded by people who are are supportive and encouraging for me to, to get up and get out there and, and keep doing the thing that I'm doing. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm, I, I'm 38 today. Cheers. My <laughs> coffee. Cheers. This is water. <laughs> um, I only started hunting in 
2019 was my first year. And so since 2019, I've managed to shoot a buck. That's Brutus back there. Nice. <laughs> a buck, a doe, and an antelope on my birthday. This exact same day, one year ago, I took a solo camping hunting trip down to the Badlands of North Dakota. And I shot a freaking antelope. <laughs> that is so awesome. I, I kind of wish I had your, like, just drive, like, yeah, hey, you know what? I'm just going to go do it. Me, I'm like, hey, does anybody want to hunt today? No. Yeah, I kind of want to sleep in. Okay, we'll see you tomorrow. No way. Get up and go. Get up and go. <laughs> so, yeah, my birthday, uh, still pretty new to hunting, so I'm in it for the learning. I live in North Dakota, born and raised. I did not grow up hunting, though. I didn't add hunting as even, like, an interest, something I was interested in. Um, until a few years ago. Okay. What, what was, so the... I'm still, I, that's why I'm, I'm just learning and I just started bow hunting too. So that's like a whole other. Yeah. That's a whole <laughs> new, that's a whole different ball game from rifle hunting. I mean, it's not even the same at all. It's probably as close yeah. as like fishing is to hunting, you know, that's uh, my, that's my, it's my style of hunting though. So it's definitely a natural transition for me myself. Yeah. I like sitting there. I like sitting there and waiting and the tracking part and the, the patience factor. Yep. What, what was it and that me, got you into thrill. hunting? Like what, cause you've been a kind of a tournament walleye fisher, diehard walleye fisher for a while, but what piqued your interest in 2019? That was like, Hey, I'm going to do this. You know, it was, uh, I was dating a guy. Um, he's still a very good friend of mine now. I was dating a guy at the end of 2018 and he's diehard hunter. I mean, he's, he's, that's his life revolves around it. Yeah. And he had invited me um, to come along on a hunt and just, just to sit with him. Right. And I, I was very specifically remember one moment sitting there I was like sitting there with my little my, my cup of hot coffee and just sip my coffee I don't really I, I was like whatever like whatever's happening you know and here he was like perched up next to a tree and his uncles were like pushing the deer towards us from down in the river right yeah and next thing I know there were these two does just running right towards us and they stopped like feet from me dead eye contact and I just remember sitting there with my hot coffee just like dur, dur, and all of a sudden I was like <laughs> I'm staring at this animal face to face just like oh my god I want to shoot it <laughs> <laughs> I, I instantly like felt this like this thing where I was like my heart stopped I quit breathing that adrenaline just like took over my entire body and I just remember there was that one moment where I was like oh my god I want to do this yeah like, I want to do this. And then that was it for me. That was like the day the fire got lit. That was it. And I went and signed up for hunter safety and that was it. That's, that's awesome. Is it, is it all like, um, general tags or, I mean, I know you'd mentioned there's draw tags, but can you get any over the counter tags or did you have to figure uh, out so that whole system when you started as well? Well, so there's, you know, landowners, can get their own okay. tags for your land. You can get a a, a a gratis tag. So you can shoot a deer on your property every year, no questions asked. So okay. you can get a gratis tag. 
Then there's the lottery that you send in and then you have odds of drawing like your first choice is always probably going to be buck, you know? Yep. Um, or there's some people who are like, I just need meat in the freezer. I don't care about a rack on the wall. Yep. I don't need a trophy. I just need meat in the freezer. Um, so some people will send in for just a dough tag. And then, so the state is divided up into different zones. I think there's probably about 30 of them, 30, 40, mm, maybe not that many, maybe between like 20 and 30 different zones, different parts of the state. And then, so it's the lottery system, but the, your bow tag is an over-the-counter. Oh, cool. So rifle is the draw. And then there's, you know, the, the antelope tag. So they have different zones for that. And then there's the once-in-a-lifetime. In North Dakota, it's once-in-a-lifetime for moose, bighorn, sheep, and elk. Sweet. You get one your whole life. That's it. So that's one that you send in for every year, and you don't know which year is going to be your year. That's is, it. Are there... Are there like mountains in North Dakota on the west side or where do they have bighorn I sheep? I mean, if, if you're going to talk to people from Montana or California, no, they're not mountains. But we, we call them mountains yeah. here because we're out on the prairie. So <laughs> anything with a slight a slight elevation to it, we're just like, yeah, it's mountains. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but so I'm guessing, I mean, are these like native sheep, do you know, or were they introduced by like the Wild Sheep Foundation? Oh, I have no idea with the bighorn sheep yeah. thing. I think that they're, I think it's a native thing because of the Badlands. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, yeah. What um, am I talking about? I knew there were, I knew there were sheep there. We were just in the Badlands, me and my wife, and we had a sheep like 10 yards from us. So no. I, don't know, I don't know why I just completely spaced that out. Yeah, we pull up and we we took this um, like sprinter van on a tour, basically to Colorado, Wyoming, then across, and we hit the Badlands on the way back to Missouri. Cool. And we're like, all right, cool we're going trip. into Badlands National Park. Like this is going to be cool. I've never been there. I think I was there as like a two year old, so I don't remember it. And um, we're like about to enter the park, like through the gates or through the entrance whatever and we look over and there's just campers and like vehicles all up on this hill and I was like I wonder what that's all about let's go check that out so I just turned down this dirt road go up there and here it's a free camping area you can park right on the rim of the badlands and so we just pulled the van up like I climbed up with my binos right away on top I'm sitting on top of the deck and I look down and I'm like what is that that's a, that's a big horn. And I like look through and it's just bedded <laughs> right below us, like right under the rim. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Did it just blow your mind for like a minute? Yeah. I was like, like what? what the heck? And I mean, it was a, it was a, you, it wasn't like a ram. Right. But still I was like, okay, this is a big horn sheep, like right in front of me. I could shoot this with my bow right now. And I had my bow, but I was not about to do that outside of na a national park. You, get, you might um, get in some trouble. For maybe that one. just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. I, I tell all my friends, I'm like, dude, I don't mess around at all when it comes to hunting. Like I am by the book always. Cause if I lost Same. my ability to hunt or fish, you might as well just kill me. You know, like yeah. It, yeah. it's not worth it anymore. I would, I would cease to have a reason to exist. If yeah. somebody stripped me of my ability to go outside and do the things that I love to do, yep. I wouldn't know what to do with myself. No, I would be so depressed. And so I was like, I mean, obviously the thought crossed my mind. I'm like, that's close enough to where I could, if I was hunting, 
I could shoot it. This is amazing. I yelled down to my wife. She came up, looked at it, and then it got up, and it was just on this little finger that, like, dropped down into a canyon. And it got up and, like, went over the knob. And I was like, bummer. It's gone. It's gone. Ten minutes later, I look, and it's coming up onto the rim. Like, we're sitting up here, and it's, like, coming up the road or up onto the road. And so I was like, oh, my gosh. There's people just sitting there, like, drinking coffee right outside their camper, and it's below them, like, four feet. And they have no idea. And so I like walk over to them. I'm like, hey, guys, there's a big horn like right below you. And they're like, what? And they stand up and they're like, oh, my gosh, get the camera. And they're all like taking pictures. And so my wife and I go over and we're taking pictures. And it comes all the way up and then walks towards us. Like it doesn't even care that we're there it doesn't it doesn't phase you that you're there whatsoever no not at all and i i think the closest that it came to us was literally like seven feet away to where my wife's like taking tiktok videos with it like selfie tiktok videos with this bighorn and i was like this is all in the dakotas i would have never imagined but it was one of our favorite spots that we stopped so I sorry that's that was like gets- a 10 minute story about that's why it's great is that you got to have this experience that most people i feel like the dakotas especially north dakota it gets like it's underrated yeah because people don't understand that there's like there's things like that that's here it's it's this this very pure untouched wilderness that not a lot of people are even aware of like how absolutely raw it is here yeah and it's stuff like that that's like I feel like it blows people's minds when they actually come here to do those things to experience that part of our state. They're just like, "What? Like I didn't even know this was here." For real. Like, look how beautiful this is. I. It's I, not just like this flat, boring prairie land. Like, got a lot more going on than that. Well, I've never considered the Dakotas like as a hunting destination. I've never been like, man, I really want to go to North Dakota or South Dakota. And I talked to some guys on my podcast, I don't know, a couple months ago. And I was like, where's your favorite place to go? Because they travel and hunt all over. And they're like, the Dakotas, hands down, 100%. And I'm like, really? And they're like, dude, you can hunt everything. Like, you can hunt waterfowl, pheasants, coyote, deer, like, all in one day if you wanted to. And I was like, yeah. that sounds like heaven on earth. <laughs> Maybe I need to check that yeah. out. That's what I did this past weekend. Uh, I try to do it. The last few years I've tried to plan like with my birthday. I'm like, all right, we're going to go somewhere. We're going to shoot some shit every year. We're going to go do something like we're going to, we're going to go to a new area, whatever. So this last weekend I was like, it was pheasant opener. So I packed up the car, drove three and a half hours up Northeast up into the Pembina Gorge. Okay. Which is a very, very, it's so that's the complete opposite corner of the state from the Badlands. Yeah. Completely different landscape. It is very, uh, like it's a different terrain. Um, trees, 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 trees everywhere. For, it's like forest. <laughs> it's insanity. So it's, it's hunting is completely different up there. Whole new ball game. So I went up there. I was like, yeah, we're going to, I'm going to bring my fishing rods. I'm going to fish the river. I'm going to, we're going to go pheasant hunting. I'm going to bring the dog and I'm going to be chasing deer with my bow all in with the one weekend. That's so amazing. (laughs) Then I got rained out. So I came home early. Oh man. 
we've needed rain all year long. And the one weekend that I needed, so that I just wanted to like spend a whole weekend up there. Nope, totally got rain. I was downpouring. Oh, Thunder, lightning. And here I was like in the tent, like cooking up breakfast inside the tent. I was like, I can't go anywhere. <laughs> I... I, I don't know why I love storms when I'm in a tent. Like, as long as there's no trees that are going to blow over and take me out, I'm good. I just love being in a tent when it's raining and, like, having to keep my gear dry, waking up in the morning, like, having to put your your top cover on just before you go outside, you know, because you're like, man, I don't want to be wet all day long. But... <laughs> I, I had this because it, it cooled off quite a bit the last night that I was in there. It was like 48 degrees. So here I had gotten out. I, I just got a portable boot warmer from my my, my best friend for my birthday. Yeah. And here I had that sucker plugged in. And I, I had the boot warmer like <laughs> keeping me warm in my bed. <laughs> I had to tell her thank you. I'm like, thank you for the boot warmer. I used it to keep my body warm. That is so <laughs> awesome. Is it? Is it, did it have to be plugged in or is it like running off a battery? I did. Cause I was at a campground. So I did have electrical, like an electrical hookup. Oh, okay, so cool. I had my laptop hooked up in there. I had my Wi-Fi. I had my new little Wi-Fi thing hooked up. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, this is insane. Your Wi-Fi that like you a, have for the first time. Yeah. I did like a TikTok live from inside the tent while I was cooking breakfast. And like, it was, it was crazy. I had a radio going. I had lights on. That's awesome. <laughs> So when you go and hunt, do you typically just do that? Like go find a campground, stay at the campground and then go out and hunt? Or are you camping off grid? I mean, I love that idea. But last year when I went to the Badlands, I, I wanted to camp. But I didn't feel comfortable just out in the boonies by myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know, single white female <laughs> out in the Badlands on a weird gravel road in a little SUV, you know, I was like, yeah, this might not be like the safest choice that I ever made. Yeah. So I ended up staying at a really, really cheesy, cheesy, cheap hotel room instead. Cause you know, that's safer. Yeah. That's, that's way better. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, just a flashback to like the sixties, like the, the patterned carpet and the, the comforter on the bed, everything. I think that like the shower and the toilet and the sink were all like that yellow color. Oh man. Like yeah. Was, don't bring a black a, light with you in that room. It was the time where I made sure like I brought in my sleeping bag and put that on top of the comforter on yep. top of the bed. And I still slept inside. my sleeping bag. <laughs> But Hey, it was a place. I think I paid like 40 or 50 bucks a night for it. And I was like, Hey, it's literally like, I'm not spending a whole lot of time in here this is just a place to sleep to make sure I get good sleep and I could take a hot shower. Yeah. That's all that this is for. And so that was it. But I mean, I only started, that was my first one where I was like, okay, am I really doing this? I'm, I'm going to travel across the state all by myself yeah. to go hunting. And that was, I think the, the first time that I had maybe shown myself or proved to myself that I was capable of such things. I was like, oh my God. Okay. Well, that wasn't bad. Okay. So I can do this. And so now only in the last year has it become like a thing where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to pack up and go wherever the hell I want then. That's awesome. You need, so okay. now, now it's a thing. Check it out. I, I pitched this to everybody. Now you need to get a van. 
like a sprinter van mm-hmm. and convert mm-hmm. it, put a bed in it. We just we just went out to Colorado and we flipped one with a team of seven people in five days for a, a competition. And it was amazing. And I'm like, I need one of these. I really want one to go hunting, like put maybe put like a yeah. storage deal in the back of it. So you open the back doors, you can pull it out. You've got your guns, your bow, whatever, and just have it totally tricked out for hunting. That, yeah. And then you don't have to get like mugged on a dirt road and you don't have to go to a crackhead hotel, you know, like you could just be safe in your van the whole time. Well, I mean, I, I feel semi safe in my car at least. Cause I lock it yeah. when I'm inside. Cause I sleep in my car when I go camping, like down at the lake and stuff. Like yeah. I go on little fishing adventures all the time. I'll just go pull up to, to anywhere, any random road. And I set up the back of my car to sleep in it. Just me and the dog. Yeah. And that's why, like, most of my stuff is in totes, so that way I can pull the totes out. Those can sit outside in the elements. That's fine. And then it's just me and the dog in the back of the car. But I can lock it from the inside, so that way it's like nobody can actually get in the car. Yeah. It's, st- it's still every once in a while. I get I find my moments where it's like, so can I get creeped out every once in a while? You just need a bunch of, like, NRA stickers and, like, the really obnoxious gun stickers that people put on their vehicles. You know, like, my... my uh roommate in college he had one on his he had like an old bronco like a bronco one and uh it said 45 acp because shooting twice is silly and i'm just like dude you're that guy like that wasn't even on your that wasn't even on the bronco when you bought it from some redneck dude like you intentionally purchased that to put it on just to like that's awesome don't mess with me but if you had a bunch of those stickers on it oh you'd be set nobody would mess with you here's Here's the fun part. I drive, so it's a, it's a smaller SUV, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a Mercedes. Oh, nice. So People would be like, this, something <laughs> is off right now. This is how I met uh, this rancher dude down in the Badlands last year. He kind of helped me a little bit with my hunt, you know? He was, like, cruising around on his side-by-side. He's just an old cow rancher. And he comes rolling up to me and I'm just like glassing the hillside because I saw some muleys down this draw or whatever. And he rolled up to me and it's just me and the dog and this blonde chick at a Mercedes. And he's like, what what you doing? (laughs) I was like, oh, I know it's posted down here. I was just checking out this muley down the draw. Like, he's like, are you are you hunting? (laughs) I was like, yeah, yep. I drew an antelope tag. I'm down here hunting. He's like, by yourself (laughs) I was like yeah yeah just me and the dog and he was I think it literally like I think he had to like rewire his brain after that because he was like what did I just what what is this (laughs) am I being punked (laughs) he was like well it's not every day I run into chicken and Mercedes donors my antelope all (laughs) night As you're saying that, I like just busted up laughing because I'm imagining watching this all play out. Like some guy's just out minding his own business, checking for loose cattle. And all of a sudden it's like, like what? Probably thinking he's like coming up on a crime scene or something, you know, like somebody abandoned their vehicle out there, like trying to hide their tracks. And you're just like, nope, just me and the dog antelope hunting in my Mercedes. (laughs) Please tell me when you shoot things, you like throw it on the hood 
of your Mercedes. No, it's not on the hood, but I do load it into the back of the car. Like I keep <laughs> my sled back there and you have no, so I've so far, I've put three full size dead animals in the back of my car. And every time that I do it, I'm like, God, I hope somebody's watching me with like their binos from oh, a distance. Yeah. Just being like, what is this chick doing? Yep. <laughs> I was hoping somebody was watching me load that dead antelope into the back of my car. Talk about a TikTok. Could you imagine that TikTok? Like you, your dog sitting next to you, you're loading like a whole deer into the back of your Mercedes by yourself, and someone's just making a TikTok like the "Oh No" song, like "Oh No, Oh No." That's exactly what I just thought. Yeah. (laughs) And if it's not a dead animal, it's fish. Buckets of fish. That's so great. fishing gear and hunting gear in the back of my car and i i look so unsuspecting driving around this little freaking mom car that's perfect and i drive that thing like an old farm truck i take that thing out i beat the crap out of my vehicle and i only clean it like twice a year because i'm just like nope it's just gonna get dirty again it's just gonna get dirty again that's that's actually a really good idea though like don't give away hunting spots because if you were in like a big lifted truck all camoed out with mossy oak stickers and stuff People would be like, oh, these guys are hunting. There must be something here. But in the Mercedes, they're probably like, ah, don't bother with this area. Karen, Karen's down here yeah. taking photos. Tourists. <laughs> She's doing her senior pictures. <laughs> Lo and behold. Yeah, I feel like it's very unsuspecting. That's good. I get a strange look every once in a while when I'm driving around my camo and I got my orange on and and, uh, you know, there's the North Dakota wave from the steering wheel is always the two fingers, yep. right? Like, hey, what's up, right? Yeah. And every once in a while, I get somebody who just, like, they'll turn their head. It's just like, like, did they really? What? That's so. Was that a chick in a Mercedes <laughs> decked out not Like, what just happened? I love it. I think it's so good. <laughs> you know what? I've just gotten away with it for so long that now it's, like, a comfort thing. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just comfortable living out of the, living out of the bends. Yeah. <laughs> living out of the bends. Do you have a name for your car? The bends. The bends. I, that's just all that I've ever called it. Yeah. Nice. I've... And I had before that one, I had a Toyota Sequoia. Yep. And I traded that, that bad boy in. it had seating for eight. And I was like, it's just me. I don't need seating <laughs> for eight. Like the thing was an absolute gas hog, but it was awesome because of how big it was on the inside and it had a roll down back window on it. Yep. My kayaks fit inside the car. That's so cool. So I could just roll down the window, shove the kayak in, roll up the window and hit the road. Yeah. Like there was no loading and unloading of the kayak. That's yeah. The yeah. We've looked at those Sequoias before and we really wanted one. I just got a Tundra and I freaking love it. I just wish it was like the model with the full roll down back window. I just have like yeah. a little manual slider, but um, that Sequoia was my favorite car that I've ever owned. What made you Absolutely. trade it in? And was I regret it like going out. It was the no, it was the it was that that I was like just a gas hog. Yeah. I was getting maybe like eleven miles to the gallon, and for my job, you know, I feel like I'm going to like three or four different locations every day. Yeah. So I was like zipping around. T- it's not a, a zippy car for zipping around town. Yeah. Like that thing is meant for like road trips. It's a road trip car. Yeah. But it just got too expensive to maintain. And I was like, yeah, she's done. And then all that little stuff started to go wrong. You know, like all just the little 
the yep. little chintzy stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the back hatch wasn't working right. And then this door, and it always made a weird noise here. And the tires were bad. And I'm like, you turn yeah, your turn signal on, the windshield wipers go as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I usually buy vehicles right at the moment every little thing starts going wrong. We, we joke about it all the time. I'm like, if we ever bought like a new vehicle, we wouldn't even know what to do with it. Like if it doesn't make a goofy noise, if it doesn't sound like a marching band, like all throughout your drive, there's, it's just not for us. <laughs> I've had pretty good luck with the, with the bends for a while. I haven't had anything major, major go wrong with it yet. You However, here's that. the second part. There's no like, there's no place to get anything fixed here. So like the closest place is Fargo is like five, five hour drive from here or Minneapolis, right. which is eight hours. Otherwise, nobody here will work on. They'll do the little stuff, you know, like yeah. oil changes, or if I have something go wrong with like the body or or the my tires or something. Yep. I can get that little stuff done, but if something major were to go wrong with like my tranny or my engine, like yeah, I'd be screwed. absolutely screwed. Yeah. Dang, that's a bummer. Yeah. Oh well. Well, okay. I'm just gonna drive that thing to like I'm gonna drive it like a Jeep, just like I have been. I'm gonna drive it into the ground till it just dies one day. Yeah. I love it. And then you have to get another one so that farmers can be totally weirded out when they find you in the middle of nowhere. I know. I love it. <laughs> so so that was the one year ago today. Okay. So that was how my, my last year went. Um, I remember coming home from my, my fishing tournament championship, right? Just dead tired. That yeah. was like days and days and days on the water fishing it takes you, it takes it out of you. Yeah. So I come home, unloaded the car, hit the, the end of my bed and just crashed straight for like 14 hours, just slept for 14 hours. And here I woke up to the notification from North Dakota fishing game. that said the pronghorn lottery has been drawn, blah, 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 like log in to check your status. And I'm like, Bleh. so I wake up all groggy, log in, scroll down and I see pronghorn successful. And I freaking shot straight up out of bed. I was like, Oh my God. And I had to Google, I was like, what is a pronghorn antelope? <laughs> I, I don't even know what animal it is that I'm targeting. That's so awesome. <laughs> what does a pronghorn antelope even look like? Like, I don't even know. And then, yep. Yeah, so then I had to do all my research and I saw the dates, like the hunting dates for it. And I was like, oh my God, like it falls on my birthday. I was like, God, it would just be so freaking cool if I shot an antelope on my birthday. Yeah. And here, that's the way that it went. I took four day, four day hiatus down to the Badlands, and on the fourth day, it was the last day. It was my birthday. That's the day that I shot my antelope. I was like, I'm pretty sure I manifested this. Yeah, like, that's I so made this cool. happen. Tell and me, that was one year ago today. So that would have been your second year, second season hunting. Yep. Sweet. Tell me about that first hunt and how it went. Um, Brutus. Yeah, Brutus. I want to hear the full story, how it all played out. <laughs> Did you get stopped by any, like, you know, hillbillies out in the country as you're hunting Brutus? No, I did call, though, um, you know, people who call landowners to ask permission to hunt on their land, right? Yeah. So the land that I was kind of scouting, I remember I had called. That was the first and only phone call I had ever made. 
right? And I, I was so nervous. And this chick answered the phone. And because of Onyx, I knew her name already, right? So I'm like, hey, is this Barbara? You know, whatever. And she goes, yeah, who's this? Like she was already, she was already mad oh, yeah. that somebody was calling, calling <laughs> the house phone, whatever. <laughs> and I was like, hi, my name's, my name's Tilly. And uh, I'm, I'm just start, beginning hunting. And um, you know, I'm just calling to see if you guys would allow access for me to hunt on your property. She's like, no, absolutely not. My husband and my son are both hunters and they haven't shot their deer yet. So we're not letting anybody on. And I was like, oh, oh, oh Okay. Like she was, she was mad that oh, yeah. I called her. I was like, I was like, when I got off the phone with her, I was like, okay, that's enough of that. Like, <laughs> let's just go find some plots land. Let's go find some public land. I'm not making that phone call again. It just made me 10 times more nervous to call anybody else. Yeah. And so here I was hunting on this WPA, which is waterfall production area. Yep. Um, which is open to, to hunting. And I still didn't really know what I was doing and I still felt really uncomfortable. Like I wasn't, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I'm supposed to be here. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. I was so nervous. And the more days that I kept going in and doing the same thing, like going in, tracking, sitting, tracking, sitting, the more comfortable I got every single day that I was going, I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. My intuition is telling me I'm doing all the right things. I'm doing the right thing. And then a couple days in, is when, you know, I started seeing the does come in and out and it was, this was like the rut had just started up. So those bucks started like, yeah, the bucks had started like moving in and out. So then I'm tracking their feeding times and which trails they're coming in and out on where they're bedding down. And I started just paying attention to all that. I'm like, okay, so if they're bedding down here and they're coming through on those trails at this time, then I need to make sure that I get there at this time so that I can get like comfortable in my little homemade little ground blind that I made out of like I gathered tree twigs and branches and just like made sure that I had enough cover I didn't know anything about you know using wind to my advantage I didn't know anything about I think I had one article of camo clothing that was it like I had one jacket that's it and I don't knew nothing about smell or any of that stuff I had no clue what I was doing but once I started paying attention I'm like okay And then those does were coming in a little closer, a little closer. I'm like, okay, I don't think that they know that I'm here. I think I'm doing this. I think I'm doing it right. Yeah. And then I saw that one buck. I saw him at like probably about 350 yards on the other side of this, of of the property next to the WPA. Right. And so I was like, that's the one, that's the one that I want. I don't want any other deer. That's the one. And so here I was, I was waiting and waiting and waiting. And I'd see, I saw him come through close to me twice, but it was after shooting hours. Okay. Like I'd sit until it was pitch black outside. And then I'd see him come through the trail. And all I could see was like that little bit of daylight behind his rack when he'd come walking through. And I'm just like, he's right there. And I can't shoot him. Like, just I can't like see testing him. your ethics every time. That was it. <laughs> so I'm like, nope, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm going to wait till he gives me the shot. Like my intuition is going to tell me when it's the, the right deer at the right time. And I'm going to trust it. And so for 10 straight freaking days, I watched and waited for that deer. And there was days where he wouldn't show up. I wouldn't see him and I wouldn't hear him. And I, I I'd get worried because I could hear other people hunting yeah. in the, in the vicinity. I could hear a gun here and a gun there. And I watched these other people um, on the adjacent property 
I heard that shot. And then here I saw two people in their old farm truck come like barreling down the road. I was like, well, they must've got one. And I'm like, I wonder which one they got. Did they shoot Brutus? Did they shoot Brutus? Did they take my deer? And I just remember watching intently. I could not take my eyes off of them because I could not tell what kind of a deer they were field dressing. They were just barely too far away for me to make it out. And I'm like, I just couldn't tell. And then I didn't see Brutus for about two days after that. And I was really, I was like, I think they might've, I think they might've got him. I think they might've got him. And then after the, it was on like day eight, I think that I had heard him and I knew it was him when I heard him, I heard him call and I'm like, that's him. I can't see him, but I, I heard him. I heard him calling because the rut is in full swing now. I absolutely could hear him. And so, and that was like towards the end of the evening. And then the next day I went out, I had a smaller buck come through about probably about 15 yards in front of me, smaller buck. And I even had turned off my safety. I had my rifle pointed right at him. I was ready to take the shot. And I just couldn't because he wasn't Brutus. It wasn't the deer that I've been targeting the whole time. Yep. I was like, no, it's not him. It's not him. So I didn't take the shot. Then I didn't sleep that night because I was like, shit, did I just miss my opportunity? <laughs> Am I not going to get another shot? Cause now there's only like, I think there's like six days left in the season and then it's, and then it's done. And then I'm done. Yep. I'm like, Oh my God. Did, what if that's the only opportunity that I get to shoot a deer? What if I just messed it up? Like, what if I just messed up the whole thing and I don't even fill a tag this year? I, my anxiety was just through the roof. So the next day I went to work, I got off early and I made it down to that same spot. Two hours ahead of schedule. Thank God I did. And the deer come through two hours ahead of schedule. And here he gave me an absolute perfect shot at 50 yards. And I even stopped him too, because he was in full rut, had no freaking clue that I was there. And he was, he had his two girlfriends on either side of him. And he was like, (laughs) he was in tune to them. No one had a clue that I was sitting there. And I was like, oh my God, he's right there. This is the opportunity. This is the shot. And I just remember like making a noise like I clicked at him so that he would look at me. Hold on, I need to hear this noise. Like pretend. Okay, here we go. I'm Brutus. All I did. Through. Yeah. All I did was I was like, that's all I did. I just clicked at him. That's so awesome. Just clicked at him just to get him to turn to me. And I was like, that's it. And I pulled the trigger and here he just absolute dropped. I hit his spinal cord. So like I hit him a little on the high, on the high side. Yeah. Um, but I dropped him. Didn't, I mean, I'm pretty sure he took two breaths and that yeah. was it. And he was glassy eyed. I approached him about five, not even five minutes after I shot him. And he was already like glassy eyed, just done. Yep. The yeah. does, their reaction was, was a whole other, they stood there for the longest time. After, after I downed him, the two does on either side of him, they just were like, what they just happened? happened? But they they stood there for the longest time. They didn't like, it didn't click for them. They're just like, before they ran. Yeah, it was, that was crazy. And then here I was like, oh my God, did I just do it? Did I just do it? Oh my God. I think I just did the thing. Oh my, <laughs> oh my God. And then, and then the whole adrenaline set in and I was shaking and then I started crying and then, and then I made the call uh, to my buddy. He, he was aware of what, what I was doing, where it was, where I was at, you know? Yeah. Um, so I was keeping him like filled in. 
And instead of him coming out to like help me hunt, he was very aware that I was determined to do it all by myself. Yeah. I was like, no, it's, it's important to me. I really want to do this all by myself. I said, but I'm definitely going to need help after I shoot the deer. Cause I won't have a clue what I'm doing as far as field dressing and everything else. So he's like, okay, it, that's okay. I'll make sure I have my go bag on me. So after you shoot Brutus, give me a call and I'm going to drive out to where you are and, and we'll do the field dressing thing. And he's like, I'll show you everything. I'm like, okay. So at least I had that. Yeah that person to call me to come out and help me so then here I was I freaking called him up and I'm like I did it I did it I was freaking out and then he was like okay it's gonna take me about 40 minutes to get to you so you got 40 minutes to just take as many photos as you can he's like you got four just start snapping photos so that's pretty much what I did and then I I did have Penelope with me she stayed in the car um it was cold enough outside so she was in the car and I had my sled in the car. So here I walked back to my car. It's probably about a half mile. Walked up, grabbed Penelope, grabbed my sled, walked back out, loaded the deer without being field dressed, loaded the deer into the sled. And then I dragged that sled back to a half mile back to my freaking car. <laughs> I just remember having that thought where I was like, man, I'm really out of shape. <laughs> hunting, will, hunting will test you. I mean mentally emotionally physically people don't realize like it can drain you quickly oh yeah Nelby and i went out yesterday looking for pheasants we walked two miles and i remember she was done she was done yeah. she was like screw you i'm not running into them cattails anymore i'm done yeah. she was like underfoot she's like mom are we going back to the car yet i'm done so is she, if is she, she was a tired, hunting dog or do you just bring her with for fun no, she's a hunting dog. Oh, she knows sweet. what she's doing. She does full zigzag through the cattails. She knows she's, she knows she, what she's doing. She's looking for birdies. That's cool. Yeah. I don't, I've never taken her waterfall hunting though. Yeah. I, so I don't think she'd have a clue what she was doing. Out, you know, if somebody took her out after ducks or anything, I don't think she'd have a clue what to do. Yeah. That, I mean, it's, it's crazy how like you're hunting birds, but both of the methods of hunting are completely different. And I've learned that with very all bird hunting. Like you, you very rarely find two birds that you can hunt the same way. And it kind of drives me crazy. Cause I'm like, imagine if you could go out pheasant hunting, but also be shooting like ducks and geese and turkey and all kinds of stuff. Well, I mean, you got out here, you kind of can, you might come across like a pocket of geese yeah. when, when you're out, you know, looking for, for pheasants on the road, Yep. you might come across like a pocket of geese and just decide to get out and start shooting. Start blasting. Yeah. Oh. I've got to tell you this story. So I thought about it when you were talking about calling that landowner and she freaked out on you. Yeah. We, we've hunted this one pond and it, I say hunted, we like jump shoot it, right? You drive down the road, you look out, you see a bunch of geese on it. I talked to the landowner. He's cool with it. And he's like, yeah, just anytime you want, go out and, and shoot the geese. I hate the geese out there. And we're like, sweet. So yesterday was the last day of early goose season here in Missouri. And my buddy called me up the night before, Hey, let's go down to this lake. We'll hunt down there. We went down. It was terrible. So we left early and went to this farm pond and we're like, we're just going to go and hit all the farm ponds in that area and jump some geese. And so we pulled past the one and it's loaded probably like 50 or 60 geese and the way it is, like, you can you can park near the road and basically walk up the dam, and they have no idea you're there, so you can get right on top of them. Full sneak. Yeah. And so yeah. we're, like, 
I mean, at this point, I'm in like hay dudes, right? Like I don't even have like hunting boots or anything. I'm in hay dudes, like walking through this cattle pasture to this pond and we're just like creeping up. I'm like taking my sunglasses off so they don't see like the glare from them. And we get up and all these geese take off. Just boom, boom, boom. We both unload our guns. And I look and one of them was injured and it got down into the water and started swimming away. And I'm like, hey, dude, we need to finish that one off and and get it out of the water. And right then I hear, hey, hey, what are you guys doing? And I'm like, what the heck? I look up and across the road, there's another house up on the hill. And this lady is losing her mind. What are you guys doing out there? And I'm like, we're goose hunting. And she's like, what are you doing out there? And I'm like, we're goose hunting. And I like walk up to the road because I'm like, I'm just going to go and talk to her. I'm typically a pretty calm person, like until a certain point. And she just comes out. She walks across the road and she's freaking out. She's like, who told you you could hunt here? And I told her the guy's na- the landowner's name and then uh, his yeah. son and grandson. I talked to all three of them all the time because they run cattle on a lot of the property I hunt. And she's like, well, that's my dad, and I don't care what he says. You can't hunt here. And I'm like, oh, okay. Hold on. Yeah, it's like her dad's land. She also lives on a house on another chunk of land that he owns. And I'm just like, okay, well, yeah, I talked to him. He said it was cool. It doesn't matter what he says or what my brother says. You're not allowed to be out here. And I'm just like, you know what? We're just going to grab our stuff and head out. Like, yeah, we got these birds to pick up. And she goes, my husband's coming out. He'll be out here in a minute with a gun and you better be gone. And I'm just like, holy cow. Like, this is crazy. And I'm like, listen, like I said, we didn't mean to cause any problems. We've there's been... obviously some, some mis- there's a misunderstanding between you and your father. Yeah. And well, <laughs> she's just like, I told her, I was like, we've done this for years. Like, we hunt here every year. It's never been an issue. She's like, well, those are my geese, and I look at them every day, and you can't be shooting them. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Like, at this point, I'm just like, I don't I just want to curl up in a ball and, like, teleport somewhere else. Like, I don't want to deal with this. We were super pumped. We finally got a couple geese. And she's losing her mind. And then all of a sudden her husband comes out and he's just like arms out. I mean, like probably 60 years old, like comes strutting at me. Oh and my I'm just God. like, oh gosh, here we go. Like, I don't want to fight you, man, but I really love fighting. And so I don't want to fight over this, but no. I like to fight for fun. And, um, and I'm just like, dude, just everybody calm down. <laughs> like, I told you we're leaving, and he's like, you can't be shooting them off the water. And I was like, well, first of all, we did we did let them get up off the water. And the one that you saw, because, I mean, like, they came out yelling right as my buddy, like, finished one off on the water. And so he's just thinking we're, like, just blasting them as they're, you know, sleeping. And yeah. I'm just like, that's not, I said it was injured. We had to finish it off anyways. And she's like, get out of here. Get out of here. I'm like, well. Okay, whatever. He just asked me a question. We're leaving. And so then we we go down and we're picking up the geese, picking up our shells. And here's one that I shot and it landed in the field. And I thought they were all dead. You know, like I tried to 
put them out of their misery quickly. And this one like ran down to the water and is swimming. So I'm like, great. Now we have to do another finishing shot after they already came out. And so I'm like, dude, where'd that goose go? And he's like, it went around those trees. And so we walk over there and it's on the bank and I'm like, okay, sweet. I'm going to try to like scare it up more onto the bank and then we can just go grab it. So we don't have to shoot again, cause more drama. And as soon as I take one step, it like takes off out in the water. And I was like, oh, well, we just have to shoot it now. Like, that's the right thing to do. And uh, we shot it, and I look up at the house, and sure enough, like, the screen door swings open. And I'm like, these people, they are so upset. And I called, I called, I guess it's her nephew. And I was like, hey, man, just a heads up, this all just happened. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah that's my crazy aunt. Don't worry about her. Like, you can hunt there as much as you want. And I'm like, She's like telling I, me her husband's bringing a gun out. I'm not. But now I don't back. want to because oh, yeah. I don't want to deal with that. No. I don't want to deal with all that. That's no. not worth it. I'm, <laughs> no. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Anyways, I haven't told that story on here yet because it just happened yesterday. And I was like, really? I'm still like. That was just yesterday? That was yesterday. That was oh like around God. probably 1130 yesterday. Did you ever call like the, did you get a hold of the dad? No. Uh, I talked, I mean, I talked to him every now and then, but he's like getting up there in years. Um, but like, I talked to the, I talked to her nephew and he's like my age. And then his dad's probably like in his early sixties. And then the dad is in his eighties. Oh, least. okay. And so it's like, we've gone over there. My wife and I went over there and sat and had coffee with them. And he, they're like the nicest people ever, but except for. The dog, I didn't know her at all, didn't know who she was, and she was just, she had, like, the best part was the whole time, she had, like, her little Maltese in her hand the whole time, and she's just like, ah, get out of here, and I'm just like, oh, wow, okay. This is just a really, really fun experience for me, guys. Thank you for making my day. <laughs> anyway, So now are you not going to hunt that, that property anymore? I'm really torn, because I don't. I don't want there to be conflict over hunting. Like, I really don't. Yeah. And I don't want to have to call. Like, I don't even know how I would go about that because I could have easily called conservation about hunter harassment, which is a big deal. Like, they will. Really? Oh, yeah. If you have anybody who's, like, harassing you while you're trying to hunt, they can go to jail, like, on the spot. I mean, it's. I did not know that. It's no joke. I, I guess I should check on that i don't know if they can like just take you right away or if they'll like give you a warning or a fine or what i'm sure in different states it's different levels of it but that's one thing the guy the husband came out and he's like you want me to call the conservation department and i was like i mean i don't want you to but you can if you want like i don't want to have anything wrong yeah i'm like i don't want to have to tell them that your wife threatened us that you were coming out with a gun and I also don't want to have to call and explain to the landowner that I had to call the or tell the authorities or like, you know, his son-in-law's in jail now because he came out harassing us. Anyways, I was like, just we're going to get our stuff and leave. Leave it alone. And so now that's kind of where I am. I'm like, it's the best pond in that area. Like every day the geese land there and they land in the cornfield behind it. And I'm just like... I'll probably just stop in and talk to him and be like, Hey, how do you want me to handle this? 
because no matter where we are on your property, she's going to either hear it or see it. And yeah. is it even worth it at that point for a couple of geese here and there? Are you tempted to go knock on her door and have try to have a civil conversation with her? No, no. She's, she was like crazy, crazy. I've dealt with people. I mean, I've had people that get upset in the past, but typically when you say calm, like I was calm the whole time. And typically if I stay calm, they calm down. She didn't. She was still like full on 10 out of Just 10, 100 it. miles an hour. She's probably so. still mad today. Oh, I guarantee it. <laughs> I guarantee it. Yeah. I, I, so <laughs> I told her nephew, I was you. like, I, I apologize. I called him back right away. Cause I had just talked to him on the phone, like 10 minutes before this happened. I called him back. He's like, Hey, what's up? I was like, just a heads up. There was an issue with your, your aunt and uncle. And he just started laughing. And I was like, Oh, thanks for that, man. Like I'm over he here, knew. like shaking. Cause I'm so like upset, but also trying to keep my cool. And he's just like, Oh yeah, that's just my aunt. She's crazy. And I was like, okay, good to know. Thank you. Should have told me that before I went and thanks blasted the all these birds. Yeah. So, well, that sucks. Sorry. Oh, that's all right. It's a good story. I was I was pumped about it sharing it on story. the podcast. I was telling my wife, and she's like, "Oh, you have to tell that. You have to tell that." And I was like, "Oh, yeah, I will. it's great story. It's great fresh. Story. It's very fresh." <laughs> so here's here's mine from just like a couple weeks ago. So this is my second year bow hunting. So I'm still really new to the whole thing. Yep. Uh, last year, um, one of my clients. I run a cleaning company. Okay. Um, so clean houses for a living. One of my clients is up north of town. He's a farmer. Um, and when I told him that I had started bow hunting, he was like, oh, I got some, I have some property that I'm farming. He's like, uh, I think, I think you'd like it. You know, if you want to go check it out, let me know if you want to hunt it. He's like, I think you could go hunt this, this piece of property and go take a look at it. Let me know if you, if you want me to post it up just for you. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So I take the drive at the end of my day, I took a drive and I was like, this property is prime. Like there's, there's a, there's a, a old Creek bed that runs through the bottom. And then up on that top of the hillside are, is just these rows and rows of evergreens. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, when I went up walking up there, all I could see was like rub lines and I could just see deer tracks everywhere. And in particular, one giant freaking jackrabbit, which <laughs> I'm going to freaking get him one day. <laughs> Cause I feel like Eli is like taunting me. I love that you went but from anyways, like so pumped about a hunting property to just like this jerk rabbit. Yeah. I made eye contact with him once and I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> well, cause he'd make the noise and I think it was a deer coming through and it'd just be this giant freaking jackrabbit. Yeah. Humongous, just ridiculous. Like a, like a, a, a mystical creature just <laughs> i mean ridiculous so i go check out that property this was last year so i go check out the property and i'm like this this is awesome this is prime property so i go to tell him i'm like yeah post it up so now this is my property to hunt right yeah so i'm up there last year and i got i got my trail cam set up and i was just starting to hone in it was it took me about about eight weeks I was honing in on this one really really nice four by four it's a really nice buck about the same size as him maybe even just a little bit bigger yeah and I was getting really excited because I started like tracking you know what, what trails he was coming in and what time he was coming in at and the one morning I went and sat 
up at the edge of those freaking evergreens. And here I was posted up at the base of one of them evergreens and the does came through right on schedule and the smaller buck right behind the does. And I was like, oh, he's going to be right behind, going to be right behind these guys. And it's December now. It is cold outside. And I wait and I wait and I wait and I wait and he never comes through. Right. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, where is he? Why didn't he come through? He should have come through. At some point, I can't feel my fingers and my toes anymore. So I pack up. It's about 9, 9.30 in the morning. So I pack up. I'm like, yeah, screw it, whatever. I'll go to work now. So I walk back down to where my car is parked. It's at like, there's like a little bit of a trailhead at the, the edge of the property where I parked my car. And there's a small draw of trees and cattails right next to where I parked my car. So here I'm walking back to my car, right? Dirt, 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 whatever. I decided to take the, the roundabout way to get back up to my car instead of the main trail. I'm like, hey, I'm going to walk around this draw. And here, a couple steps in, I hear it. I freaking pushed that buck up out of them cattails 50 yards from my car. Oh. Here he was bedded down in the cattails right next to where I parked my car. And I was like, oh my God. So here he gets up and he freaking takes off. He gets up to the road and the sun is coming up behind him. And he stops up on the road, turns, and just looks right at me. And I was like, just standing there, just dumbfounded with my bow in my hand. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? So here he takes off. And I'm like, oh, no. No. I'm like, so he had to have come down there between 7 a.m. and 9 a.m. I'm like, so if this is where he's bedding down, I'm changing my entire tactic now. Yeah. If he's going to come bed down, like, I'm not going to come down to this area now for like a week, right? Because I don't want to mess it up. If yep. he's going to come back in, let's hope I didn't spook him bad enough to not come back in. Well, here a week later, I come back down, I moved my trail cams. And then here I was sitting down that draw. I never saw him again. Right. So two weeks goes by and I'm up cleaning for, for the same guy that gave me access to that property. I cleaned for his, uh, his uncle okay. who lives just a couple of properties North of, of the property I'm hunting. So here I am, I'm talking to Dwayne the one day and he's like, how's your bow hunt coming? I was like, and I told him the whole thing. And I was like, I haven't seen him now for over a week. And I'm, I, I just don't know if he's going to come back in there or not. And he was like, oh, that's too bad. I really hope you get him. You know, <laughs> Ryan's daughter's uh, boyfriend, Colton, just shot a real nice four by four in the slough right down the way. And I was like, when, when, when did this when did this happen? And he was like, oh, about a week ago. And I'm like, my heart just dropped oh. into my stomach, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I, I'm, I'm, I think that was my dear. I really do. So here I ended up talking to a couple guys. You know, everyone's a little connected community-wise, and I bring it up to my buddy Ted, and he's like, "What was the kid's name?" I was like, "Colton something or another," and he's like. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was the deer. That was the deer that I was watching for you for when we were farming those sunflowers. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. So then he goes, but get this, here's the kicker. When they lifted the deer up onto the skid steer, right. With the skid steer to skin him, yeah. they dropped him and broke every tip off of every time. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, that makes yeah. like I am sick to my stomach right now just thinking well first of all like I got to put my stomach when you're like oh yeah it was the deer and then again when it busted the tips off I can't when, imagine 
when he said that to me, he was like, oh, here's the kicker. They dropped him, right? Broke every time, every tip. And I was like, serves him right for taking my deer. Yeah, and then no I kidding. was like, no, 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 that's not right. Good for him. Yeah. I'm glad he got a deer. Good for him. I got to <laughs> I gotta plant the karma seed. Like I got to yeah. do it. Like I can't wish ill upon anyone. I'm like, good for him. Good for him. But at that point, I put away my bow. I put away my bow and I got out my ice fishing gear. I was like, you know what? We're just going to try again next year. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm done for this season. I've learned a whole lot. I've yeah. learned a whole lot. My first time bow hunting. I was like, we're going to try again next year. Oh, and so man. that's where I am now. I'm in my second year. And here I was, I had access up to that same property. Um, and I've seen, seen the deer coming through. They were coming through pretty regularly up on that same piece of property, right? He has it posted up for me and I double checked with him this year. I was like, am I still okay to, to bow hunt that same property this year? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. I was like, okay, cool. So here I had been going down there. I had my trail cam set up down there and the deer are coming through at about 6.30 every day. This one doe and her two fawns very specifically. And then there's one other like mature doe that keeps coming through. I'm like, that's fine, that's fine. And so I started going, to, going up there if I'd get off work early enough, I'd literally go sit up there at four o'clock. And I'm like, who knows if a buck is just going to come walking through here yeah. at whatever, I'm just going to be prepared. So here I am going up there every day or every, you know, after a few days, I'd go up there and sit, right? Well, the one day I'm up there, I got up there about four and I know the deer don't come through till six 30. So here I am just like sitting on my keister for two hours and I'm like, dur, 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 messing around, you know, I'm just playing around on my phone, whatever. And then it's about that six o'clock mark. So then I, I got my binos out. I'm, I'm kind of glassing, just seeing what's going on in the area. And here I end up looking over to my left and I see a dude and his son setting up a blind like 80 yards from me, setting up a deer blind, like right next to the road, the gravel road that comes in. And I'm like, what, what? who's this guy? What, what is he doing? Yeah. What is this guy doing? And I'm like, no one else should be on this property. I already double checked because I, I had suspicion that somebody else was coming in and up, like on and off that property. Mm -hmm. And I called him and I was like, is anybody else supposed to be on here? I don't want to have a conflict. You know, I'm run into the wrong person, whatever. And he's like, nope, you should be the only one coming and going on that property. I was like, okay, I just want to make sure that I have, if I have to stand up for myself, or if I run into somebody else, I want to be very clear that I can like make that statement. Yeah. Like you're not supposed to be on here. So I see this guy and his kids setting up their deer blind and I'm watching them for a solid like 15 minutes. Like, cause I thought maybe I was like, well, maybe they're just, he's showing his kid how to set up the blind. Maybe I don't know what they're doing. And then they, I watch him just get in the blind and they're just in there. And I'm like, what is this? So I, I, and it's six 30 when they're setting up the blind. So guess what? And I didn't see anything on my trail cam. I let my trail cam sit down there for a week, right? I was like, yeah. I'm just gonna leave the trail cam down there. I didn't have one photo on my trail cam. I didn't have one. Yep. Not even, not even of the wind blowing. Nothing. So I freaking grabbed my bow and I grabbed my, my crap and I walk, I walked right up to the blind. And here he is. He set it up right on the opposite side of the barbed wire fence, right, right up against the property, right? And yep. so I walk the trail up and I'm like, Hey guys. And the dad sticks his head out of the blind and he's like, Oh, what's up? And I was like, what's up? Like you see my car parked right here and you've yeah. seen me come up and down this road. And he's like, he's like, Oh, we knew you were down there. I'm like, 
that makes it worse. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that you knew I was sitting there 80 yards from you and they're rifle hunting. They're not bow hunting. They're yeah. rifle. It's their, they have, they have a youth rifle tank to fill. And I'm like, you just showed your kid that it's okay to go ahead and perch up next to another hunter. Yeah. With a, with a rifle and not tell the other hunter that you're going to be right here. Yeah. It's like, I was like, uh, what's going on? He's like, Oh, I live in the house just up on the hill. And I'm like, okay. I, I've been down here like every day. Yeah. Oh <laughs> and he's like, gosh. Oh, I know we're just, he's like, we shot and we shot. Uh, I got my, my, a doe down here with my bow a week ago. And so now we're just chasing our youth rifle tag. I was like, Oh, so no wonder I've seen no deer on no my trail deer, camp for yeah. a week. Cause you're just, you're just cleaning, cleaning house down here up against the fence. I, it just blew my mind and it ruined it for me. When I told Ted about it, he goes, you know what I would have done? I would have just plopped up a seat right next to their blind on the other side of the fence. He goes, yeah. I would have sat right next to him. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, good luck guys. Good yeah. luck. We're all after the same thing here. And, but it ruined it for me. I had such a bad taste in my mouth after that. I was like, screw you dude and you come down here and set up your blind right when the deer is supposed to come through here uh -huh. like ugh, and you just showed your kid that that's okay yep so now i i i went and pulled my trail cam out of there and i'm like i'm not even going to touch that property now for we, a while we have so many like public land stories waterfowl and dove hunting especially where people will i mean you'll be fully set up like we get out there so early you can't legally camp out there. And so we just yeah. like, I mean, we're there like five hours before shooting at least. And we'll be set oh, up. Geez. And all of a sudden someone shows up like dove opener here is crazy. There's like one field where thousands of doves come through and it's like nonstop shooting all day. And so we found it years and years ago. Well, last year we went and set up and we had been set up for hours, like hanging out all morning long. And probably an hour before shooting starts, here comes this group of like a dozen people. And we're like, oh, hey, guys, this end of the field is pretty well taken up, you know. They walk, and I, I kid you not, they set up 10 feet from us. No, what? feet from us. And like we've always known – you're going to be on top of each other out here. But normally there's at least like 50, 60, up to 100 feet. And they sat right next to us. And I'm like, this is so ridiculous. And so I just moved down to the far end of our, like where we had. You got pushed out. Instead of them getting pushed well, out, we No, we out. still kept that spot. But we basically will go out there and we'll lock down like 200 feet of stuff because we have so many guys. And so then we all spread out like 20 to 30 feet apart from each other. And so I already knew like, we're going to be, we're going to be all the way down around this point where the doves fly. So I just moved down, but we still had people right next to them. And then like midway through the morning, one of my buddies comes down and he's like, this is so ridiculous. Like I'll never hunt here again. He goes, birds would be coming. And before they even got to us, the people on this side of us would be shooting at them. And like we'd, we'd pull up and we'd shoot and no matter who dropped it, all of a sudden they'd send one of the kids out. They'd run out and grab the dove. And I'm just like, Oh, it's so, so frustrating when you see like just bad ethics with other hunters. And you're That's like, the thing is like the guy obviously setting up the blind with his kid, like 
technically not doing anything illegal or not doing anything wrong. Yeah. Right. So he's on his own property, whatever. Yeah. Filling, filling tags appropriately, but it was the ethics of it all. It yeah. was the conduct for yep. me that I was like, what, who, like, who does this? Yeah. It, we, you, you knew that I was sitting down here. You could have walked up to me at least and said like, Hey, me and my son, we normally hunt up on the other side of the hill. We really want to set up over here. We just want to let you know that like, we're going to perch up over here. Yeah. And it could have had a conversation with me instead. He pulled like a weird sneaky card and like just ruined it for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was so mad that day. I remember coming home just like what just happened, but it is what it is. Some people I think. You know, and that happens a lot up here. Uh, I don't know if you, so are you from Wisconsin? I'm from Wisconsin originally. I you live in know Missouri ice fishing now. then? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Because it's like the ice fishing thing, people will literally just like move in on you. Yep. If you make a ruckus and you're pulling big fish through the through the ice, somebody will literally come and drill a hole like yep. 10 feet from you. We joke that if you go out of the of the shack for any reason like just make sure the door's closed <laughs> otherwise you'll come back to a guy sitting on a stool in your in your shack yeah i remember fishing on the ice fishing on the river last year and there was these two guys and they were quite a ways down the river when it started right yeah. well we were just like on them we we're we we're pulling them through the ice and this guy started drilling holes every about five minutes he'd he'd pick up the auger and he'd drill one just a little closer to us and a little closer to us and over the course of like an hour hour and a half he was literally drilling holes right like right next to where i was fishing and i'm like what are you doing dude not cool no not cool people just i figured you probably get into a lot of that i mean with sport like doing tournament fishing because i mean oh yeah you know how it goes like there's just certain spots of lakes or rivers where the fish are. And then there's spots where they're not going to be. And you know, you're not going to waste your time there. But like, I've seen it with tournaments, people fishing, even just when we go out fishing, boats will just pull up like 50 feet. Oh yeah. And I'm like, there's nobody else out here. You could literally fish any other spot, but you saw, you probably saw us pull in that last fish and you're like, oh, there must be fish over there. We're going to go, go over there. It drives me crazy. Well, that's a, during tournament fishing. Like you'll see some of the the bigger deals, uh, the bigger deal fishermen. If they get on on a point, right, you'll see all of a sudden they'll stack up. There will be like three, four boats like fishing off that same point. They'll all be like anchored down, either pulling jigging wraps or, or pitching jigs. And like they're all hitting the same spot. That would drive me bonkers. Oh, yeah. I I just don't like seeing people period. Like if I'm, if I'm out hunting or fishing, I would love to never see another person. I love that other people are enjoying it, but I'm just like, when I'm out there, I don't want to see sign of human life. I don't want to see actual people. I don't even care for trails. Like I'd rather just be out there. No trail. That's my thing too. I don't like there being a house where somebody even can see me unloading Mm -hmm. my my hunting gear to walk to where I need to go. I don't even like parking near somebody's like house. Yeah. It's like the further off the beaten path I can go, the more comfortable I feel. A hundred percent. And this is why like I've, I've found like my little camping spots and stuff that are definitely off the beaten path. And people are like, you go out there all, like on the middle of nowhere all by yourself. And I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's the goal. <laughs> like to, to get as far away 
from normal civilization as possible. Yep. Like that's that's the intention behind it. It was really cool this last weekend. I went up and stayed at the campground um, in Walhalla, and there wasn't a single soul in the whole camp. I had the whole campground myself. That's awesome. The only other person I talked to the whole time I was there was the sheriff. I rolled up and spoke to him because he was like parked over at the the entrance to the park or whatever. And one day when I was headed out, I was like, I'm going to ask him about the creatures that are in the woods, like scurrying around back there when I'm sleeping in the tent, you know? So I rolled up to him. I was like, Hey man, is there like anything dangerous back there that I should be worried about? I was like, we don't have bears up here. Right. (laughs) He's like, he's like, yeah, they're few and far between, you know, every once in a while, black bear will wander in, but they'd be more scared of you than you are them. And I'm like, okay. Cool. And I was like, I really don't think it is. He's like, probably just raccoons. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. But yep. he's the, literally the only other human being that I talked to, which I was really glad I did because he ended up rolling up to talk to me later. And he was like, yeah, I got a couple of waypoints for you. So he ended up like sharing with me his onyx because he's from the area and he hunts in the area. He was like, yeah, I always see deer up here and deer up there. And, and there's trails over here and there's there's doves over here and there's pheasants over here. And he ended up sharing with me a plethora of information. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, me and the sheriff besties know. All right. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm kind of jealous that I'm not a female hunter because I realize how well just being a female works for my wife to get hunting property. Like I took her out one day and I was like, Hey, we're just going to go talk to a couple people about maybe getting, um, being able to rabbit hunt on their property. It's like the last day of season. We're already meeting our buddy. Like, let's just see if we can get a couple more properties. We roll up and my wife is like, she'll get all done up and she looks super cute in her camo. And she goes up there and they're like, Oh, come on in. Like, come sit down. You guys want some coffee? And they're like, what else do you hunt? You guys can hunt ducks and deer and there's coyotes. And I'm like, We were asking for one day of rabbit permission and they just gave us free range for the whole year. So then we stop at another property. Same exact deal. Like the wife came out and she's like, Oh, my husband's not here. And you'll probably have to talk to him because he does all the cows and stuff. She's like, but here's his number. I'll call him before you do. And we call him up and he's like, Oh yeah. And actually if you go back here, this is a really good spot for this and that. And I'm like, if, and then here I show up, I'm all like camoed out, look like a hillbilly. I'm just like, Hey, how's it going? And they're like, Nope, absolutely not. Turn around, you know? Well, this, I feel like that in, in me as a girl too, like the, the, sometimes the, the access that I've gotten, like I didn't go out asking for it. Yeah. It's just been freely offered up to me. Yeah. Like, Oh, you hunt. Oh, well, well I have this. Here, let me you tell you where all the animals are. <laughs> For real. And I'm like, okay, okay. And that's definitely because I'm a female. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yep. But I also think even, you know, as a, as a, a male, as a, as a man, I do think that being charming will also get you a a very, a very long way. Yep. Yeah. Just just cake on the charm, you know, (laughs) and I feel like you could actually get access to a lot of things. We, we do, we do pretty well with property stuff. Like I meet people all the time and typically I just meet the locals at like, there's a big 4th of July party out in the area that I hunt. And so I just go and I'm like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? You know, I'm Dan and we'll chat and and then maybe six months later I run into them somewhere else and I'm like, Hey, how's it going? Yeah just gearing up for hunting season and just kind of leave it at that. And all of a sudden they might be like, 
oh, you're a hunter. Yeah, you know, I hunt over at this property just trying to look for some more. Oh, okay. And it might be left. And then the next time, I'm just like planting seeds, like one after the next. And then all of a sudden, one day, I'll get that call like, hey, do you want to come hunt here now? So... It's been fun. Plant the seed. Exactly. All the time. I've, I had to, I remember there was a spot that I was fishing on the river um, for about two, two years in a row, right? Like I had my one sweet little honey hole and you had to stand in a very specific spot and pitch to a very specific spot. Yeah. I'd bring buddies with me and they'd stand 10 feet down shore for me and they wouldn't catch one fish and I'd limit out in like 20 minutes. There's like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. And I'm like, it's the, it's the, it's the spot, the technique, it's the, the flick of the wrist. It's, it's its own thing. Yeah. Right. And I remember perching up on this one spot, but in, from where I had to park, it's still a little bit of a, a trek to walk down to the, to the riverbank. And I remember seeing down river, this guy in a white FJ cruiser and I'm like, and he's parked like right on the riverbank. I'm like, who is that guy? And how is he getting down to like drive like right up on the riverbank? Like, who is this guy? So here I ended up waiting one day up by my car and waiting for that white FJ cruiser to come down that gravel road. Cause it was that, that property that he was coming in, like coming and going from is all posted up tighter yeah. and shit. So I'm like, oh, I can't go on the property. I can't get to where he's going, but I'm going to find out who that guy is yeah. and how he's getting down there. So here I'm waiting for that F- white FJ cruiser to come down the road one day. And I like flag him down and sure it's this old guy named Gary. And I'm like, hey, man, what's up? I've just seen you down down there fishing. You know, he's like, yeah, I've seen your car down here quite a bit. How's, how's the fishing down here? And I give him a full fishing report with the walleye and everything. And I'm like, yeah, but I see you get to park right up on the river. Would you ever let me fish back there? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. We've had some 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 issues on the property with some vandalism and stuff i was like oh i'll be an extra set of eyes and ears for you if anything looks out of place you can count on me and like i just caked on the charm and he was like all right get in your car i'll show you how to get down there and i'm like yeah Yeah, that's awesome (laughs) and so then i got access to gary's gary's honey hole just down the down the way a little ways and he and then every time that i would go down there you know, he'd come rolling up in his side by side with him and his dog every once in a while. And he'd be like, are you catching anything? And I'd be like, well, not yet. You know, and one day he came down there and sat with me and I offered him up a beer. I was like, you want beer, Gary? He's like, yeah, I'll take a beer. And he hung out for a solid like half hour. And here I was like fishing the whole time. And he's like, are you going to catch a damn fish while I'm here or not? I'm like, apparently not. He's like, I just am hanging out waiting for you to catch a damn fish. I just couldn't in front of him. That's so awesome. He was a good dude. He was a really good dude. He actually passed away um, earlier this year. I got the phone call. Um, They were like, your good buddy Gary passed away. And I'm like, oh, no, what happened? Because he was older, too. So the assumption was, you know, like with elderly people, either it's going to be like a heart attack or some some other health issue. Nope. He, He rolled his side by side. So I was like, well, at least he, you know. At least he died doing the, the thing that he loved to do. Oh, yeah, just ripping, he'd go rip and roar around in them hills. Yep. Up and down the river. And that was his like favorite thing to do. I'm like, at least he was doing that. It's not like he got sick and died in a hospital bed. Like he was out on a on a Gary adventure doing yep. the thing that he loves to do. So as sad, sad as it is that that he passed. Yeah. We lost we lost one of the, our good friends. He, same deal, like 
we knew him. He gave us a ton of hunting property, like all the property I still hunt. And I mean, we checked up, we used to check up with him all the time. Even when we lived out in Colorado, I'd call him up and just be like, man, Joe, how are you doing? And, um, he, he invited us when we lived here the first time to go and dance at the senior center. And so like me and my wife, it was like every other Thursday night, I think it was every other Thursday night, we'd go to the senior center and they'd have a live band playing like bluegrass or polka music or whatever. And we just go out and dance and all the ladies would come over and grab me and take me on the floor. And I'm like, I don't know how they're moving like this. I have no rhythm at all. Like none. My wife is a phenomenal dancer and I'm like out there like, holy cow, my legs are burning. Like these ladies are just (laughs) going after it. Same thing. All the guys would come and grab my wife and go dance with her. Like, Hey, Hey, you mind if I steal your wife for a dance? I'm like, dude, go for it, man. You're like 85 years old. I would love for you to just go have the time of your life. Like, yes, but yeah, he was a good guy. He passed this year and I'm like, it's just tough. You know, like people like that. I just, I regret not sitting down and like just hearing more of his stories and like getting more insight from him. But I talked to his sons and they, they said they gave him like a tape recorder like a couple of years ago. And they just told him like, whenever you're thinking about it, just sit and like tell some of your tell a story. hunting stories. And so he's like, we've got several tapes. And I was like, if you, if you come across some that have like hunting stuff, I'd love to just honor him and I'll just air it like on the podcast and just hear That's awesome. what kind of old timey stories he has. Cause I want to hear it. Oh, he's traveled the world. He used to actually go to North Dakota every year, pheasant hunting him and what his What a sons. great idea too. Just with people who do have stories to tell yeah. and yeah, the tape recorder thing. I would have never thought of that. I wouldn't either. He's like, yeah, I've actually got a whole thing of tapes and I just haven't listened to him yet. Like, and this was like a couple weeks after he passed. And I was like, well, if you ever get around to it, let me know, because I would love to hear them. If you ever release the footage, I'd yeah. love to get my hands on it. For real. I'm like, <laughs> so he said he used to come up to North Dakota? Yeah, he used to go to, he would go to North Dakota every year for pheasant hunting, and he would go to Alaska every year for salmon hunting. And I mean, oh. he's been doing that for like 50 years. Like every Yeah, North Dakota and South Dakota is pheasant, like pheasant country. Yeah. If you're going to go pheasant hunting, come to one of the Dakotas. Yeah. I... I, I don't know if I'm going up to South Dakota or it might be North Dakota this year. Uh, those guys that said that it's their favorite place to hunt, they're like, we're getting you up here and we're pheasant hunting. And so I was like, sweet. But I, I just don't remember which Dakota it is. There's a couple. There's a really, really nice um, pheasant hunting resort in South Dakota. Okay. I can't remember the name of it. The place just looks amazing, though. Yeah. And then I was actually looking into, I started following a few like women um, women's pages and stuff. And there was one, these girls, it's called her wilderness co. Okay. And they, they hold these like women's hunting trips like all over the place. That's awesome. Yeah. So they're already scheduling out into like, and I mean, they're in like Michigan and Wisconsin and Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota. And they're, they, they're going hunting and fishing and it's all woman-based that's cool. And I'm, I'm, I'm a new supporter, but I'm like, I'm all in. Oh yeah. I'm all in now. Yeah. Uh, and I was looking into doing, um, I saw that there was a pheasant hunting trip, um, in, I think it was Michigan. 
And then I was talking to the girl about getting it all put together, right? And I was like, how much does it cost? And oh my God, that's not that expensive. It'll be a truck. It'll be a drive. I said, but let me talk to a couple of my other girlfriends and see if they want to take like a, a girl's trip and go shoot some birds in Michigan. Like yeah. It might be kind of bonkers, whatever. And I was like, let me look at the dates. Let me look at the dates. And the minute I pulled up the dates, I was like, mm, nope, sorry. That's opener rifle season <laughs> for deer. I was like, I'm not leaving. I can't. I'm only given three weeks to do it. You know, I was like. You have I was three like, weeks for rifle season? Well, no. So we have three weekends. So oh, there's okay. opening weekend. It'll open Friday at noon. Yeah. Right. And then it'll go that whole weekend, the next weekend. And then the third weekend, it'll end at noon on Sunday. Oh, okay. Or it's either sundown or noon on Sunday, the Sunday, like the third weekend. Yeah. That's, in November. Still, that's awesome. I think our our season, both here in Missouri and in Wisconsin, are both like nine days. And so you just have two weekends, Friday to the following Sunday. Oh, what? Yeah, that's it. I mean, it, that, that is. That doesn't sound like it, a lot of time at all. It's crazy. The amount of gunshot, it sounds like a war zone because everybody's out the full nine days. I could just imagine. You drive down, the, you can drive down the interstates and just look out because at that point, all it's always around Thanksgiving. So the Friday before Thanksgiving to the Sunday after in Wisconsin. And you can be driving down the interstate, any country road, no matter where you are, all the leaves are off the trees and you just look and it's just like orange, 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 orange everywhere. They say there's oh like six. Oh my god! Yeah, it's a there, free for all. Yeah, there's like six hundred thousand hunters in the woods during rifle season in Wisconsin. All trying to fill a tag in nine days. Yeah. <laughs> and then I get a call like last year. Uh, my buddy messaged me and he's like, "Dude, are you coming up?" And I really was planning on it, but it didn't work out. And so uh, he's like, "Can I still go out there and hunt?" And I'm like, "You know, talk to the rest of my family, talk to the landowner, see if it's cool." And I get a message from him opening day and it's like, dude, I just shot, I just shot three deer in five seconds. And I'm like, wait, what? And then all of a sudden it's like, never mind. I just shot a fourth. And I'm like, you are going to get kicked out of there so fast. How does that like, happen? This is, I hear people come on my TikToks and stuff and tell me like, oh, we could just shoot like deer after deer after deer. And well, I'm there's like, like unlimited, not- there's like unlimited doe tags. And so some years the extra doe tags are only $3 and you can get as many as you want. Like even this year I went on and I went to buy my archery tag and I was just in a hurry. It was like the night before going out and I accidentally clicked on the rifle. And so I purchased like three doe rifle tags. And then I was like, I can't believe I just did that. Went right back on and purchased three archery tags. So now I've got six doe tags and two buck tags for Missouri better start shopping for a new freezer I know I'm not I I won't shoot that many I just got three because I was like you know we'll we we can easily go through three or four deer a year but I just like to have extras because there's some of my buddies that don't end up shooting one and so then I'll shoot one for them like the property I live on I could walk down the driveway with my bow and before I make it to the mailbox probably shoot a doe like they're just everywhere this year, that uh, this is like what I've been um, kind of tossing up with my bow this year because because I have a buck tag this year for my rifle, I was lucky enough. So I have yet to not draw a tag. Send <laughs> some of that luck year. my way. First year buck tag, last year doe tag. This year I drew a buck tag again, and I have buddies who are just like, "What? 
what? What? I've been waiting for a tag for six years. And I'm like, hey, man, you got to be willing to travel. Like, I sent in for a different zone each time. Well, yeah, you're doing your homework. Like, you're just finding out. knowing that my odds are better for drawing out of this zone or that, that zone. The cool part is, is that it's like any antlered tag, so I can shoot a muley or a whitetail. Nice. But, so that kind of gave me this conundrum with my bow tag this year where I was like, I kind of don't necessarily need to go target two trophies. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm already, I'm going to get a buck with my rifle. I mean, need is a strong word. <laughs> but I'm like, I just think that it would be such a feat for me to say that my first archery deer was a really nice whitetail buck. Yeah. Like, that's just something that I would feel a lot of pride in in doing and accomplishing. Yeah. So to me, that's like the, the extra challenge of it. There's already a couple times where I could have taken down a doe. Yeah. It was like right in front of me. And I'm like, it's not the one. Like I said, my instinct, my, my instinct, I just follow it. Yeah. And I'm like, it's not the one, this isn't the moment. And that's not the deer. That's yeah. not the one. Um, so I'm like, yeah, but if it comes down to the end of the season, I, I probably will just take a doe just to have that experience yeah. and say like, okay, yes, I have shot a deer with my bow. And now I, I can, I can build off of just that single experience. Yeah. As cool as it would be, but that was my conundrum where I'm like, I don't really know what I'm going to target with my bow now after I got kicked out of that area up north. And now North Dakota got hit really, really hard with the EHD. Oh, no. The blue tongue. Yep. It has swept through the state and it has targeted whitetail bucks very specifically. Mm-hmm. They're just, there's guys finding trophy bucks like down in their fields in the, in numbers. Yeah. Dozens There's, I see people are posting on Facebook all the time. They're like, Oh, I just found eight freaking trophy bucks <sighs> dead in the back, in the backfield. That's insane. So, and that also makes me not want to necessarily like, maybe this is a really bad year for me to target a whitetail buck with my bow. I'm like, considering the numbers are already going to be really screwed up and it's going to take a couple of years for him to bounce back from all of it. Man, all the diseases going around the deer herd right now are insane. And luckily white tailed deer are like the most, prolific in well-adapted animals in the country almost. I mean, like they can live anywhere in any conditions. Yeah. And so they'll bounce back, but it just sucks on those years where, where they just, this is one out. of those years. I think I saw something, somebody said like the last time, I think it was like the early two thousands, the last time we had like an epidemic yep. on this scale and fish and game just started offering, you know, refunds on the tags. So you could like return your tag. If you end up in one of those zones where it got hit really hard, yeah, they're like, yep, you can return your tag and get your money and get your point back. Yeah. You know what I it's mean? Like cra- then you're, then you can use your point next year. It's crazy though to think the, like the economic impact on it also, because now they're giving refunds on tags. That means tag sales are down. That means their revenue's down. They probably can't put as much back into like habitat improvement or land development. And so it's like one bad year of disease can have an impact for five, 10 years. And that's not even saying what's the, there's like the zombie one. What's that one? Oh, um, CWD. Yeah. CWD. So that's, that's, playing a role as well i remember last year they issued refunds on tags for that yeah but the ehd that's what's like taking over this year so now we've got both of them playing a role in everything that's going on we're we've been waiting for a hard freeze we haven't had any cold fronts come through yeah and that's why so like the flies and everything is what just was carrying it through yep 
Yeah. Now I think after this last weekend, we might see just like a, a little bit of a decline because we actually did hit um, at least some colder temps. Yeah. Well, just I mean, gonna it's have to wait to that it out, time though. of year to where hopefully a lot of that stuff is going to die off, like those flies and those um, the larvae is all going to just be non-existent anymore. And then obviously, I don't know if it has anything is... to do with the. I don't know if it has anything to do with the drought either. Well, they say that um, like on a drought year, uh, the water holes are more concentrated, and mm-hmm. uh, it's like the stagnant water is where the the flies hatch the larvae. And so that's how they come in contact with it. So on dry years, it's always way worse than on a super wet year because that's the what it would more be dispersed. this year. Then, yeah, we're like everything is dry up here. Everything, scary. We've yeah. been on a final fire ban the whole summer. Oh dang, yeah, that sucks. Well, hey, I I hate to cut this short. I'm having a ton of fun chatting, <laughs> but I just looked at the clock and I have nine minutes before my next call. Um, okay. And I have to pee so bad, probably oh too much God. information, but I'm like, <laughs> I've got to, you're like, I can edit this out later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I may, I may not, I typically don't even edit anything. So we just let it fly. Um, I had an absolute blast. Yeah. I'm so thankful that you, uh, accepted my application. Once I sent it in, this has been something that I've been like building up to, to like the hype of it. I'm like, awesome. I got a big deal Monday morning, my birthday. I was like, I got this, I got this crazy podcast. I'm going to do this guy. He's like, he's coming up the ladder. I was like, this is going to be a big deal. I'm really excited for it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to be able to share, um, this with like my platform. Oh too. yeah. Speaking of, why don't you tell everybody where they can find your stuff, like social media handles, um, any, any videos, Whatever you have out there, how can they get a hold of you? So across the board, uh, my YouTube, I think I have one video that I've uploaded. One, like very short, simple, stupid video almost. Hopefully that's something that'll change in the, in the, in the future. um, As I get more comfortable with editing and stuff like that. Uh, But across the board, so it's Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, um, all of it. Tilly Castwell. Okay. The simplicity of it yeah, is awesome. So I, I, I love that I've, I've kind of taken ownership of that entire title, that, that name, Tilly Castwell, Castwell, like fishing, you know? Nice. Yeah. That's <laughs> so awesome. Um, well, it's been, it really has been fun chatting and I'm going to give you the final word. Uh, I call this episode emptying the chamber. And so you can just share whatever you want with the listeners as kind of a send off. Uh, I would say if you if anyone out there young old female man if you've taken any sort of an interest um in the outdoors and and the want to get up and go and do the things but you're waiting for somebody else to take you quit waiting yeah just just go do it you're you're more capable than you think you are just get up and go do it and i promise you won't regret it get up and go get up and go get up off your couch, turn off your TV, go outside, just go do the thing. (laughs) And you're the perfect person to tell people that because you just did that. I mean, you're like figuring this all out as we speak. So I'm proof that you can do anything you want to do all by yourself. Yeah. You don't need anybody else. Except maybe the waypoints from a sheriff. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I, I mean, it helps. Gonna, you're, ne- you're never going to turn it down, right? I'm not going to complain. No, I'm not complaining. 
you may have gone over there just to flirt a little bit and try to figure out where all the hunting spots were. I, you know what? I actually went over there to make sure that I wasn't illegally camping because I was oh. a little unsure where I was like, hey, I came in here and I set up camp and like, it says like on the website, park closes October 1st. And I'm like, I'm not even sure if I'm supposed to be camping here. Yeah. And I'm going to approach the situation before the situation approaches me. That's good. And I was like, I see him parked over here. I'm just going to roll up and ask a really dumb question. And then I can lead into like, am I okay camping over here? And he's like, oh yeah, you're fine. And I'm like, okay, that's what I really came over here to make sure. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, I mean, good for you though. Like, yeah, it probably would have been a little bit worse if he had to come find you and be like, hey. Hey, you, you can't be you're here. The only person here. <laughs> no, I had no idea. I'm sure he was like, "Chicken and Mercedes. What is what is she doing?" Chicken and Mercedes. <laughs> it's just everywhere you go. That chick in the Mercedes. Oh yeah, yeah. I know her. Hunting, hunting in the bends. Yep, hunting in the bends. <laughs> so good. <laughs> well, hey, seriously, thank you. It was a ton of fun, and we're gonna have to catch up later this season. Find out how the season goes for you, and absolutely share some more stories. But uh, wish me luck. I'll wish you luck too on your on on all of your endeavors, and congrats on the podcast. Just kind of taken off, and I had an absolute blast. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, and happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's going to be a great day. And that is going to wrap up today's show. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I had so much fun chatting with Tilly. And to hear about all the stuff that she's doing in the outdoors, the fact that she's getting out here and doing it by herself, teaching herself as she goes, and having success with it is a testament to the fact that anybody can get out there and do it. Like, if you feel like there's some type of barrier or boundary keeping you back, just push past that. Get that out of your mind and go give it a try. And you may fail, but eventually you're going to find success and learn a lot along the way. And so I hope you guys are going out and doing that. If you're listening to this as it first came out, I am probably on the way to Wisconsin. If you're late to the game, odds are I've already gone on the Wisconsin waterfowl trip with my buddy Drew, my cousin Sam, and Zach Hopper, and a few other people from Buck Gardner. So a lot of the people that I'm hunting with have been on the podcast before, but hopefully we found the birds. I know the migration is kind of in full swing up there right now, but if you aren't already, go out and hunt something. Go enjoy the outdoors, enjoy the fall weather, have a bonfire, and always choose adventure. <laughs>